0: WABC New York and 107.1 WLIR Hampton Bays
1: It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC.
2: Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, September 8th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds this morning. Scattered thunderstorms this afternoon. The high going to be 87. The weekend? Well, it looks like this. Sun and clouds on Saturday. Chance of thunderstorms again, high 85. And then Sunday, chance of thunderstorms, high 80. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 71 and partly cloudy in Yonkers up in Westchester. 73 and partly cloudy, Tom's River down in New Jersey. And it is 73 and clear here outside our Midtown Manhattan studio. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hours, Sid and friends in the morning. Just got back just a couple hours ago from the huge gala thrown by John and Margot last night in Midtown Manhattan. It was a party to celebrate John's birthday. It was a party that was a tribute to Cousin Brucey, of course, the most maybe I think the most famous DJ in America. Right. I would say so. Uh. Cousin Brucey was just sort of blown away by the celebration, which included tribute that a video tribute from all these rock stars through the ages. I mean, there were so many famous names. But at one point, Carol King came up to thank Cousin Brucey for playing her music, and people applauded. I kind of felt the same way. That album, Tapestry, like such a great album. But here's what uh, Cousin Brucey had to say last night about the celebration.
0: How does one feel on a night like this? I feel like I'm at somebody else's enormous inauguration a royal inauguration hall i walked in here and i said what am i doing here what what are all these people what's going on you know it's funny i never really sat down and thought about what was going on with career wise
3: i do it and i go on the air and i just have a good time i don't think about the ramifications this is absolutely wild have I done
2: all these things to deserve this? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, Margo and John know how to throw a party. Boy, it was a fun. Just lots of food, lots of alcohol, great entertainment. I mean, they didn't miss a beat. Uh, and, uh, what's always fun when you go to one of their parties is the way they set up the table. So you, you know, like you do at any event, you're assigned a table. And so I sat down and it was, um, Marvin Scott, the, uh, longtime news anchor at PIX, was it PIX? I think he was all over the dial, but, uh, fun to talk to him. Uh, Governor McGreevy on one side of me, the former governor of New Jersey, uh, Carolyn Maloney, the congresswoman, I think was sitting at the table as well. And then there was two people who I recognized and I was having a conversation with, but, and I went in to introduce myself, but it was while the music was playing. And so I couldn't make out their names. And they were very complimentary. They said they listened to this, and I apologize if they're listening right now, but they said how much they enjoyed the show, and I quit, and I asked them their name twice, but I felt like I couldn't do it a third time. So whoever they were, they were very enjoyable and recognizable, but I couldn't place where I knew them from, if they're famous, or if they're just people that I knew. Either way. It was a fantastic night. Thanks, John and Margo. Congratulations, Cousin Brucey, for just a fantastic event. All right, let's get into the headlines.
1: The top five at five.
2: The mayor cries uncle over the migrant mess. Someone glued their feet to the floor at the U.S. Open. Americans are going mask mandate crazy. Kamala Harris is ready for her close-up is Jimmy Fallon really that much of a jerk? All right, let's get into it. 504. Let's start over at the U.S. Open last night. Big match. It was a Coco golf on the court. Americans, of course, rooting for her because she's an American to make it to the finals. Big night at the U.S. Open. It's been a big couple weeks there. Sold out crowds, maybe some of the biggest crowds they have ever seen. So, National audience watching in this thing. And as this match goes on, all of a sudden, uh, four people stand up in the stands and they start this uh, climate protest. They start screaming, end fossil fuels. And so, of course, it interrupts the match because, you know, tennis is one of those sports where they like it nice and quiet. So you can hear all of a sudden people start to boo. So they didn 't know what to do with these three. Why they didn 't just kick them out immediately is not clear, but security came over to them. The match stopped. You had the commentators on TV trying to figure out how to kill time. Fifty minutes went by until they resumed play in the process. They were negotiating with these climate change protesters trying to figure out the best way to get them out as fans got agitated say "Come on let 's play some tennis." Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a crazy night at the U.S. Open. Three of the four protesters escorted out of the stadium. I'm not sure why the fourth was. And then there was a guy who glued uh, his bare feet to the floor of the seating area as part of this climate change thing. I mean, glue and his feet to the floor. It was <laughs> just a crazy night altogether. Uh, the fans going nuts because... You know, it's already a late night at the U.S. Open when you watch these matches. A lot of them don't end till one in the morning. And now you get a 50 minute delay because of these climate change protesters. People pay good money to be there. They want to watch a match and then go home. So they got restless, started booing the security, telling them to just haul these people out of there. Yeah. That went on for a while. That's annoying, too, by the way. So, uh, yeah, enough of that. Around the same time as the U.S. Open shenanigans, a naked animal rights activist stormed the catwalk at the Coach Fashion Show at the New York Public Library's main branch in Manhattan last night. Not sure if these two events are connected, but same sort of thing. This woman came out uh, wearing nothing but body paint with the words Coach Leather Kills etched across her chest. At first, she thought... And the people there thought she was part of the fashion show, but then they quickly realized that she was not, and they pulled her off the stage. Crazy night in New York City, as it always is. WABC News Time 509, someone saying to me at this gala last night that they love a great prison escape story and they were talking about this escaped killer, Danello Cavalcante. He continues to elude police in Pennsylvania. The head of the state police, Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens, warning residents in the area to remain vigilant because they're just not sure where this guy is.
1: He's a very dangerous individual and he remains so.
2: Cavalenti has been on the run for more than a week now after he escape from the Chester County prison. It's about 25 miles west of Philly. Lieutenant Colonel Bivens says that he believes Cavalcante
1: is in the police search perimeter, so close by. I get it as a parent. uh, Why? other parents are concerned about their children going to school playing in the yard all of those kinds of things. State
2: police say they continue to
1: get tips there were a sighting of him but so far they have not caught up with him. We have had uh, we have had tactical teams from all over the country uh come in and
2: continue to come in. 510 a bill to ban federal mask mandates is coming up short in the Senate. Ohio Republican JD Vance arguing children can't go through another mask mandate. We
4: know that a generation of school children have suffered significant speech and developmental disabilities because this country panicked instead of using its brain and forced toddlers and small children to wear masks. Senator
2: Vance introduced legislation to ban federal officials from issuing mask mandates for schools, domestic air travel, public transit. This says COVID cases are on the rise. Vance attempted to pass this bill by unanimous consent yesterday on the senate floor but the move was blocked by massachusetts democrat ed markey
4: i made mistakes many people in this body made mistakes What I do think that we should avoid is repeating the mistakes in 2023. Let's learn from the mistakes that we made instead of just doubling down on them.
2: So the COVID case is going up across the country. That's true here. It's true down in Florida. COVID case is on the rise there. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is not sounding the alarm just yet.
4: Now we're in a situation where you start to see around the country kids being kept out of school. Like Kentucky had a school closure over COVID. Um, you have forced masking of school children in different states.
2: In Jacksonville the governor assured assuring Floridians that they won't be forced to what he called wear muzzles all day, that they'll be allowed to breathe even with the numbers rising.
4: You as a parent can send your kid to school and the school can't force them to wear a muzzle all day. They're allowed to breathe. You have a civil right in Florida now uh, to breathe fresh air. No one can force you to to muzzle yourself uh, against your consent.
2: So there is a law on the books in Texas that you can't force people to wear a mask. But there are some teachers and school districts pushing back against that. They say they are worried about getting sick during the school year. The
1: local school district should have the authority to issue mandates if it feels that it is in the best interest of the
2: community. Clay Robeson with the Texas State Teachers Association. He says the governor, state legislature there are not doctors and should not be dictating medical decisions. The
1: decision should be made up to local school districts. In consultation with local health authorities, local school officials and and local health officials and teachers have a better sense of what their communities need.
2: With college kids back at class for the fall semester, you have Rutgers University in New Jersey, one of the few colleges now still in the nation, still requiring COVID shots.
5: Health officials say COVID cases and hospitalizations have been on the rise this summer, but four months ago, the pandemic era national public health emergency was lifted. Still, 100% of Rutgers' 67,000 students are vaccinated against COVID-19, not necessarily by choice, but by mandate. Montclair State University, the only other New Jersey college requiring COVID shots, New York schools that do include Bard College, Juilliard, the College of Mount St. Vincent, and Maria College of Albany. Harvard, up in Boston, and Johns Hopkins, down in Baltimore, also making COVID shots mandatory. James Flippin for 77 W.A.B.C. News.
2: W.A.B.C. News Time 513. Let's go down to the U.S.-Mexico border. The White House being asked to investigate a shooting that happened earlier this month along the Texas border with Mexico. A National Guardsman shot across the Rio Grande, hit a man on the Mexico side. It's
0: alarming
1: and it's tragic, but unfortunately it's also not surprising because Governor Greg Abbott has militarized the U.S.-Mexico border.
2: Texas Democrat Congressman Joaquin Castro, one of several Democratic lawmakers, who are demanding a Justice Department inquiry into the shooting. He's
0: putting troopers in a very bad spot, and you see the results of that. They did confirm that they have received our letter and our request, and we hope to get a, a fuller response soon.
2: Castro says they want the Justice Department to step in and investigate this latest incident 514 down to florida more than two years after the collapse of florida's champagne tower south in surfside federal investigators are working through more than two dozen possible theories of what have got could have gone wrong they still don't really know national institute of standards and technologies dr judith riser says researchers have spent more than 100 hours working to find more than two dozen hard drives
0: and we have a contractor that's currently attempting to rebuild as many as seven damaged hard drives with the hope that any of the discovered footage could really shed light on the collapse timeline and progression.
2: So far, they've collected more than three terabytes of photos and videos, more than 600 pieces of physical evidence, but still don't know for sure what took that building down. Our
5: preliminary evaluations to date of potential sinkholes and differential settlement on the foundations do not suggest that these effects significantly contributed to the collapse. We're continuing to study these effects
2: that's an associate team leader, Glenn Bell, who says the focus remains on the pool deck area. You remember that from a couple years back. This
4: investigation is one of the most challenging and complex
5: of its types ever undertaken we remain absolutely committed uh, to leaving no stone unturned and getting to the bottom of this and getting it right
2: research appears to focus on construction deficiencies with the pool deck and the basement the goal is to release a report and recommendations by june of 2025 that's a long time to wait in time for the fourth anniversary of the tragedy the 2021 collapse killed 98 people 5.15, 5.15, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk. Football, thank God, is finally underway. Justin Alec?
0: Thank God, indeed. Nome Laden last night's Thursday Night Football, did kick off the 2023, right? 2023, 2024 yeah, NFL season. Is, there you go, yeah. I got the mm-hmm. year right, and might as well. <laughs> we are officially off. It's family. only,
2: uh, what is this, September? <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 finally. <laughs> We're officially off and running here, Nome, with the Detroit Lions surprisingly taking care of the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs last night by a score of 21-20 to on Thursday Night Football. In the NFL's season opener, Terry Goff threw for 253 yards and a touchdown. New lines running back David Montgomery ran for the go-ahead score late in the game. And Detroit held on for the win, taking advantage of the absence of Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Kansas City just not the same team without the star tight end. Locally this weekend, what you got to look forward to, the Giants get the Cowboys at home on Sunday night at 8.20 p.m. As three and a half a point, underdogs and the Jets. Kick it off with the Bills at 8.15 p.m. on Monday Night Football as two-and-a-half-point dogs there on the diamond. Baseball season's not over yet, just yet. The Yankees snapped their five-game winning streak at home against the Detroit Tigers, losing 10-3 to in last night's series finale. Carlos Fidon did not have it on the hill for New York, getting tagged for seven runs in. Three and two third innings of work as the Yankees drop back to 500 overall on the year, 70 and 70. They'll see if they can rebound come tonight's series opener against the Milwaukee Brewers in the Bronx. First pitch is set for 7:05 p.m. with Luis Severino scheduled to start for New York. As for the Mets, they were off last night but get a weekend set going tonight in Minnesota against the Twins. First pitch is scheduled for 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Kode Singa is set to start for the Mets in that one. And finally, to tennis's U.S. Open in Queens, world number one Carlos Alcaraz and Daniil Medvedev. We'll meet in the semis coming up tonight at 7 p.m. for the men after American Ben Shelton and Novak Djokovic meet in the other men's semis match this afternoon at 3 p.m. on the women's side. The finals are set with American Coco Gauff surviving that protest yesterday at her match. She advanced through the semifinals along with Arena Sabalenka out of Belarus. Uh, that finals match will take place tomorrow afternoon at 4 and no, that is your sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Oler.
2: WABC News Time 519. The Defense Department calling on Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville to stop blocking military confirmations in the Senate.
0: There are now 319 nominations that are impacted because of Senator Tuberville's hold on our general and flag officers.
2: Pentagon spokesman Sabrina Singh there says the confirmations include top positions in the Army, Navy, Marine Corps. Officials say the hold is impacting military readiness and national security. Tuberville blocking the confirmations, he says, in protest of the Pentagon's policy to reimburse service members who travel out of state for abortion. For the first
0: time in history, three of our military branches, the Army, the Navy and the Marine Corps, have no Senate confirmed service chief in place.
2: While we're talking military, the U.S., Republicans, some Democrats, well, I should say more Democrats, some Republicans coming together. They say the U.S. must continue to support Ukraine in its war against Russia. A
4: strong and vital Europe is of vital importance to the United States, standing with our allies against Putin. Is directly and measurably strengthen the U.S. military. That
2: Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor yesterday, the Kentucky Republican says, "U.S. support to Kiev is grinding down one of America's biggest adversaries, and we should stay on side of the Ukrainians." Our support
4: to Ukraine is grinding down one of America's biggest. I think I just said that adversaries, and showing the other one the strength of our resolve.
2: On the Democratic side, you had Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer nodding his head as Mitch McConnell spoke yesterday. We must
1: continue to show
3: Putin and the forces of autocracy that the U.S. stands firmly behind Ukraine.
2: The $40 billion request includes aid for Ukraine, border security, and domestic disaster relief. 521 Suspected Chinese operatives are using AI-generated images to pose as American voters online and spread disinformation.
0: That's according to Microsoft Analysts. The company says it's an attempt to bring up discussion on controversial political issues ahead of the 2024 U.S. election. Microsoft says operatives posted images using artificial intelligence designed to provoke, including images of the Statue of Liberty holding a gun or Black Lives Matter graphics. A spokesperson for the Chinese embassy in Washington, D.C. told CNN in an email that accusing China of spreading disinformation or pro-China propaganda is full of prejudice and malicious speculation against China. I'm Lisa Taylor.
2: 522, let's go out to the 2024 White House campaign trail. More than half of Americans believe President Biden's policies are making the economy worse.
1: A new CNN poll found 58% of those surveyed said Biden's policies have worsened economic conditions in the U.S. That's compared to 24% who said his policies are improving the economy and 18% who said his policies had no effect. The poll also put Biden's overall approval rating at 39%. I'm Michael Kastner.
2: Former President Donald Trump dismissing efforts to keep him off the 2024 ballot as election interference.
5: Some groups are arguing Trump can't legally hold office due to a clause in the 14th Amendment that says no person shall hold office who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. States like Arizona, Michigan, Colorado and New Hampshire are already facing challenges to Trump's 2024 eligibility. During a radio interview on Thursday, Trump said the move was a continuation of election interference by Democrats. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: Kamala Harris, of course, the vice president, says that she's ready for her close up. The Veep claims to be ready, willing and able to take Joe Biden's job if he were to become ill. So a reporter asking her this question at the Association of Southeast Asian Nations Summit this week where she was. Here was the reporter's question. You could see he was a little uncomfortable asking it but i think it's a great question
4: question about the president's age often go hand in hand with questions about how you would step in the role you know if necessary do you feel prepared for that possibility uh and serving as vice president prepared you for for that job yes and what, how would you you know describe the that that process
2: all right sarah so she goes with the whole answer well
1: first of all let's the, i'm answering your hypothetical um but joe biden's going to be fine so that is not going to come to fruition But let us also understand that every vice president, every vice president, understands that when they take the oath, that they must be very clear about the responsibility they may have to take over the job of being president.
2: Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. 524. Who uh, ever would have thought? At least me. I've seen these stories in the past, but I would never have believed that Jimmy Fallon's kind of a jerk. This is according to a report in Rolling Stone taking aim at the Tonight Show workplace and its host, Jimmy Fallon. The feature story cites former staffers who accuse the 48-year-old of erratic behavior, that he seems drunk, and that the show's workplace is toxic. The staff apparently says they deal with good Jimmy days and bad Jimmy days, and that Fallon had unexpected outbursts which affected their workday depending on his mood. Back in 2017, Jimmy Fallon denied claims to the New York Times about his drinking habits, saying that he couldn't do his job if he was drinking every night. So this article comes out yesterday in Rolling Stone. And Jimmy Fallon, quick to react. Last night apologizing after this Rolling Stone article alleged that he had created this toxic environment for people working on The Tonight Show. Apparently, he held a Zoom meeting with his co-workers after the story broke and said that he felt really bad and never intended to create that type of environment. Since the story was published, NBC has also issued a statement expressing pride in the show and stressing that anytime an employee has issues, they're encouraged to come forward to H.R. OK, five twenty six. No doubt you heard the boss, Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen postponing all these tour dates for the rest of the month due to a peptic ulcer disease. A New York gastroenterologist says that there's medication Springsteen can take to heal, but it may take a while.
4: We can
1: put people on acid-suppressing medication, and that tends to heal most of these ulcers. So
2: here's the good news. All of Springsteen's September shows will be rescheduled for a later date. He says he will play them. Actor Danny Masterson, sentenced to 30 years in prison, the 47-year-old former star of that 70s show, found guilty in late May of two counts of forcible rape. Attorney Reinhold Muller thanked for those who brought the case to court.
4: They're strong. They are. were committed to making sure that justice gets served, and today they got it.
2: Masterson's legal team had asked the judge for a new trial but was rejected. Sentencing immediately followed victim impact statements. When they
4: were able to get up there and have their voices be heard and to be able to express themselves on the significance of the impact that the crime's had upon
2: them. Masterson accused of drugging the women with drinks so that he could rape them. Let's go take a look at the markets. The trading week winding down today if the markets closed mixed uh, yesterday. This comes after new economic reports added to fears that the Fed will continue to hike rates. One of those reports was weekly jobless claims that came in at 216,000 against projections of 230,000. So at the closing bell, the Dow gained 57 points. S&P lost 14. NASDAQ dropped 123 points.
1: Talk Radio 77, WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah. On 77 WABC.
2: That's me, 532. Good morning. It is Friday. Thank God. September 8th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds this morning. Scattered thunderstorms this afternoon. High eighty-seven. The weekend. Saturday, sun clouds, chance of thunderstorms again, high 85. And then Sunday... It is more of Chance of Thunderstorm's high 80. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 71, partly cloudy in Yonkers up in Westchester, 73 and partly cloudy in Toms River down in New Jersey, and it is 73 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour deep in a dark cave in Turkey where a New Jersey scientist is trapped. Officials say Mark Dickey experience gastrointestinal bleeding as he was doing this caving sort of thing and he can't leave on his own so now officials in turkey are sending people into him the issue is is that he can't walk out on his own and so they can send people in doctors and food but they can't get him out because the crevices he crawled through are so narrow that they can't get a stretcher through those areas. So the good news here is he's improving. So much so, actually, that he's created a couple videos that people can watch up top out of the cave. Um, I do know that... um
0: the quick response of the turkish government to get the medical supplies that i needed uh, in my opinion saved my life
2: there's no word what caused the medical issue dickie's an experienced caver stuck about 3,000 feet down it could take another four or eight days though this morning they were saying longer than that maybe a week or two so they pull
4: him out. And it is amazing to see how many people have responded on the surface um, we're still waiting for communications to actually reach down here so right now it's a a day to two days' worth of travel for information to get back and forth. So I don't quite know what's happened, but um, I do know that um, the quick response of the Turkish government to get the medical supplies that I needed, uh, in my opinion, saved my life.
2: Dickey was with a number of other cavers as he went down, including three other Americans. This is in the Morka cave. It's in the southern Turkey's Taurus Mountains. Rescuers, including a Hungarian doctor, have reached, reached and treated Dickey, but again, If he can't walk on his own, they can't pull a stretcher through. So it could be days, could be weeks till they're able to pull him out of there. All right, let's bring it back home. 534 Mayor Adams says the immigration crisis is going to kill his hometown if the White House doesn't step in. This
3: issue will destroy New York City.
2: Adams says he's never had a problem that he did not see an ending to, but he doesn't see an ending to this one. He says the city's not getting enough support from the feds with 10,000 migrants entering a month. Adams joins just a growing chorus of governors and mayors across the country complaining about the lack of, they see it, federal help with the immigration influx. Now, of course, New York City calls itself a sanctuary city. That's why they're coming here. One
3: time we were just in Venezuela. Now we're in Ecuador. Now we get Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we get uh, Western Africa. Now we get people from all over the globe.
2: Adam says uh, every part of the city is being affected by this mass migration to New York City. We had
3: a twelve billion dollar deficit that we're going to have to cut every service in this city. And so
2: far, not much help from the White House, not much word from the White House, really, in terms of how they're going to help New York City out. 535, while we're talking about the migrants, there's been so many protests on Staten Island about sending migrants there. But last night, actually, there were people there who say they're okay with the migrants coming to Staten
1: Island. Some
0: of the same people who are
1: touting this racist and hateful rhetoric are beneficiaries or benefactors of immigration.
2: This all comes after a Catholic school and a closed Catholic school is being used as a place to house migrant families has Up to 300 beds, not clear how many are there today, but effectively, Staten Island has kept migrants out with these protests. Only about 2% of the 110,000 migrants that have come to New York City over the last year have been sent to Staten Island, but there are some faith and community leaders on Staten Island who say they're okay. We haven't heard from them, so here they are.
4: Many Staten Islanders are saying yes to compassion in our backyards, yes to shelters for asylum seekers in our borough.
2: So there were some dueling protests outside that Catholic school yesterday. You could hear the yelling in the background from people who do not want the migrants in and from those faith leaders who say they're okay with it. WABC News Time 538, about one million New York City school children back in the classroom for the first day of school yesterday. Mayor Adams says children are dealing with some anxiety and some new challenges this school year.
3: Everything from school, potential school bus issues, uh, to the insurge of new arrivals of young people that want to educate, be educated that are our asylum seekers.
2: About 20,000 migrant kids showing up for class yesterday. Schools Chancellor David Banks says they're allowing hundreds of qualified tenured teachers to shift to bilingual education without having to restart their tenure to help with the influx of mostly Spanish-speaking migrants. Again, about 20,000 of them expected in classes yesterday. Meanwhile, Banks says his top priority is getting all students at grade level, reading on grade level, by the end of the year. By
0: the end of the year, already speaking English. That, that's the, it is the story
3: of New York City. We don't treat people as outsiders. We welcome them with open arms. What I am going to be laser focused on is ensuring that every single child in the school system is on grade level no later in the third grade.
2: And there's been this threat hanging over the school year that bus drivers are going to walk off the job. There is a meeting set for today for all sides involved.
0: Schools Chancellor David Banks is hopeful the union representing drivers and bus companies can avoid a strike. This is a very good thing.
3: When both parties are talking, they're not striking. A strike would impact as many as 80,000
0: students, some with special needs. A strike could happen as early as next week. The city says a contingency plan is in place by distributing families' metro cards and reimbursing them for alternative transportation. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News.
2: And the big story continues to be a teacher shortage no matter where you go across the country. Amityville out on Long Island kicking off the school year with their own teacher shortage. Six teachers. Resigning just in the past week, bringing the total to more than three dozen in a year. The Amityville's teachers' contract it expired. That might be some of the reason people are walking away. You would think that the board would be more eager to settle a contract to keep and retain the staff they have. They have not created a culture to
0: retain staff.
2: Community, uh, community members speaking to News Twelve, telling, saying that teachers are leaving in droves because they're underpaid and overworked in Amityville.
0: And you know, teachers
2: going into this profession because they love kids, they love what they do, but if their needs aren't being met, you know, they have to do what they have to do and leave also. 5:41. Let's bring it back here into the city and to Brooklyn. A 19-year-old rushed to the hospital after being shot near a busy intersection last night. Shooting happened about 530. This was along 4th Avenue, 59th Street and Sunset Park, a busy street near a subway stop near a playground filled with kids. The 19-year-old victim shot once in the left leg. Witnesses say the victim and the shooter were in some sort of verbal dispute before one of them pulled out a gun and shot at each other.
3: There was so much blood. And he kept passing out, and he was
2: scared, you know. He saw the cops trying to save his life. He was in excruciating pain. The cop kept telling him, "Stay with me, stay with me." If it wasn't for the cop, I don't think the kid would have made it. It was a scene of panic because the gunshot sent kids in that playground running for cover.
3: I just ran. (laughs) I just ran to my shop. They tried to steal my bicycle a couple times. I I think it's unfair
1: for the children, for everybody.
3: There's so many children in that school. I mean, any
0: the bullet, one of the bullets could have went astray and hit one of the children.
2: The victim taken to a nearby hospital where he's expected to survive. So far, police have not made any arrests. Commuters in Brooklyn say they're just completely confused about the MTA's announcement about the change to expand midday service on NNR trains to reduce wait times. People who are going to take a train in the middle of the day say it's actually gotten worse since the MTA made that announcement. I think the trains are running a little bit too long in this
0: area. It's always some kind of drama, you know, in the heat, people wait.
5: Like, uh, half an hour, 20 minutes.
2: MTA announced last month it was expanding service for the R trains middle of the day to try and reduce wait times down to around eight minutes. But train riders who regularly commute that time of day say it's more like a half hour. Uh, here's State Senator Andrew Gonadis talking about this. The MTA
4: made an announcement. I was there. I celebrated it myself. They said... In three days, you're going to have better service on this line. And they were wrong. They knew that they were going to be wrong. And that's why everyone is so upset and angry about this.
2: We reached out to the MTA for a response to that. So far, I have not heard back. 543. What police believe to be a possible murder suicide took place on a sidewalk in front of a store, South Ozone Park, about 5.30 last night. Investigators combing through the evidence left behind. Police say a 42 year old woman and a 46 year old man, both shot in the head, pronounced dead at Jamaica
3: Hospital. My neighbor ran out and they said there was a shooting. As I look up, I saw the helicopter. It was crazy. A lot of people, a lot of commotion. It's very scary. I mean, just, um,
2: I feel sad for the families. Neighbors in the Titan community shocked by the shooting that took place broad daylight. Police say a firearm recovered and taken into evidence. But so far they say they're pretty sure it is a murder-suicide. 544 out to New Jersey. A mother is facing charges decades after her abandoned newborn was found dead in Mendham, New Jersey. The body of the infant, who was later named Baby Mary, was discovered on Christmas Eve of 1984 wrapped in a plastic bag and a towel with her umbilical cord still attached. The
3: arrest is the culmination of decades of effort across multiple generations of law enforcement.
2: Morris County Prosecutor Robert Carroll, though, says the search started in Morris County. It led them to Florida. It ended in South Carolina, where the mother was taken into custody. She's 57 now. He says modern-day technology and DNA analysis helped them crack this case. The mother was uh, 17 at the time.
3: Investigators were recently able to identify baby Mary's mother and father. The biological father passed away prior to being identified by investigators. There is no evidence the biological father was aware of baby Mary's birth or death.
2: And here's a great example of police never give up and they didn't give up on this case. 1984 and making their arrest this week. Thereafter,
3: literally running down hundreds, if not thousands of leads led to an identification of the mother, both the father and the mother. I've been verified through DNA as being the proper mother and father. Yeah, amazing no story.
2: Amazing story. Good job done by the Morris County folks there. 545, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk where we find
0: Justin Elliott. How dare you cut into my time? Did I cut into your time? I mean, Mike. If I keep talking, does that cut in more of your time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Make my own bed, right? Yeah. <laughs> we are officially off and running Gnome, with the 2023-2024 NFL football season with the Detroit Lions. Surprisingly taking care of the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs last night by a score of 21-20 to on Thursday night football. In the NFL season opener, Jared Goff threw for 253 yards and a touchdown. New lines running back David Montgomery ran for the go-ahead score late in the game. And Detroit held on for the win, taking advantage of the absence of Chiefs and Travis Kelsey. They are a different team without the superstar tight end. Locally, the Giants get the Cowboys at home on Sunday night at 8.20 p.m has three-and-a-half-point underdogs in the Jets. They kick it off with the Bills at 8.15 p.m. on Monday night, and Aaron Rodgers' debut has two-and-a-half-point dogs there. On the diamond, the Yankees snapped their five-game winning streak at home against the Detroit Tigers, losing ten to three in last night's series finale. Carlos Rodon did not have it on the hill for New York, getting tagged for seven runs in three and two-thirds innings. As the Yankees drop back to five hundred overall on the year at seventy and seventy, they'll see if they can rebound come tonight's series opener against the Milwaukee Brewers in the Bronx. First pitch is set for seven o five p.m. with Luis Severino scheduled to start for New York. As for the Mets, they were off last night. We get a weekend set going tonight in Minnesota against the Twins. First pitch is scheduled for eight ten p.m. Eastern Time. Correa Sangha is set to start for the Mets in that one. And finally, to tennis's U.S. Open in Queens, world number one Carlos Alcres and Daniil Medvedev will meet in the semis coming up tonight at 7 p.m. after American Ben Shelton and Novak Djokovic meet in the other men's semis uh, match this afternoon at 3 p.m. On the women's side, the finals are set with American Coco Golf advancing through the semifinals along with Arena Sabalenka out of Belarus. That finals match will take place tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m. The U.S. Open almost has come and gone No. Sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellis. All right. Let's catch you up with the big stories of the
2: morning. Uh, the one this was sort of comical last night at the U.S. Open. They were disrupted by a protest. This was Arthur Ashe Stadium around eight o'clock last night. It was Coco Golf, the American, facing uh, Czech Karolina Muchova. Around eight p.m., the match of the night, when four climate activists stood up in the arena and started yelling all kinds of things. Uh, And it interrupted the match because, you know, they like it quiet when you're playing tennis. Here's what it sounded like. So you would think in an arena so big you wouldn't be able to hear it. But when it's awfully quiet like that, everybody heard it. People, as you heard, started to boo. Play halted. For 50 minutes, this was sort of mind boggling why it took so long to deal with these activists. Now, one of them had actually glued his feet to the arena, so they had to figure out how to get him off of the arena after he glued his feet. And then the other three they eventually escorted out, but they were there for a while. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then, uh, God,
1: be- I, w- I wish people and I hate to encourage violence, right? But if people just jumped out of their seats yeah. and started beating these people to death, that would have been
2: great. Well, if this was a football game, that would have happened. That may have but happened, these, right? These, these are tennis fans, yeah.
1: yeah, back to the days of the Roman
2: Colosseum. You know, they're dressed in their fancy v neck sweaters, and you know, they're not going to go get blood on it by taking some, yeah. out. but 50 minutes they shut this thing down for, which seemed I didn't get why it took so long, assholes. That's what they are. Here's uh, people who started started to boo. Yeah. yeah, all right, you get the idea. Anyway, around the same time as that U.S. Open shenanigans. A naked animal rights activist stormed onto the catwalk at the Coach Fashion Show. That was taking place at the main branch of the New York Public Library last night. She was wearing nothing but body paint with the words Coach Leather Kills etched across her chest. The PETA demonstrator closely followed on stage by a second protester who was clothed and carrying a sign displaying the same message. Now at first they thought this was all part of the fashion show. It was not. They escorted those two off stage and what was just kind of a crazy night, maybe just a normal night in the big city. 552. The search continues for this escaped killer in Pennsylvania. Danilo Cavalcante continues to elude police. The head of the state police, elude, uh, head of the state police, uh, state police. I'll speak English. Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens warning residents still in the area near this jail to remain vigilant because they think he's still in the neighborhood. He's a
1: very dangerous individual, and he remains so.
2: Calvo County has been on the run for more than a week now. He escaped from the Chester County prison. It's about 25 miles west of Philadelphia. Lieutenant Colonel Bivens said that he believes Calva County is in the police search perimeter, which is not huge.
1: I get it as a parent. Um, why? other parents are concerned about their children going to school, playing in the yard, all of those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, I
2: would be, too, because they don't know where he is and they think he's close
1: by. We have had uh we've had tactical teams from all over the country uh come in and continue to come in. Yeah, but so far they have not caught up with them. 553,
2: a bill to ban federal mask mandates coming up short in the Senate yesterday. Ohio Republican J.D. Vance had argued that children can't go through another mask mandate, so he wanted to put it on the books. We know-
4: that a generation of school children have suffered significant speech and developmental disabilities because this country panicked instead of using its brain and forced toddlers and small children to wear masks.
2: Vance introduced this legislation to ban federal officials from issuing mask mandates for schools, domestic air travel, public transit. This all coming as COVID cases are starting to rise as kids go back to school, as people go back to work. The COVID cases may even go up more. Vance attempted to pass this bill by uh, unanimous consent yesterday on the Senate floor, but it was the move that was blocked by a Democrat.
4: I made mistakes. Many people in this body made mistakes. What I do think that we should avoid is repeating the mistakes in 2023. Let's learn from the mistakes that we made instead of just doubling down on them.
2: And and with college kids back at class for the fall semester, Rutgers University is one of the few colleges in the entire nation that's still requiring COVID shots.
5: Health officials say COVID cases and hospitalizations have been on the rise this summer, but four months ago, the pandemic-era national public health emergency was lifted. Still, 100% of Rutgers' 67,000 students are vaccinated against COVID-19, not necessarily by choice, but by mandate. Montclair State University, the only other New Jersey college requiring COVID shots. New York schools that do include Bard College, Juilliard, the College of Mount St. Vincent, and Maria College of Albany. Harvard, up in Boston, and Johns Hopkins, down in Baltimore, also making COVID shots mandatory. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. All right,
2: while we're in New Jersey, Hob- Hoboken, now officially what's called a book sanctuary city. I'd never heard this terminology before. The first in New Jersey, the city council voting this week uh, to prevent any books from being banned, no matter what the subject matter or how controversial. I
4: read a children's story about a seven-year-old who wanted to bring her two dads to school. That's a book
2: that is banned in other communities. That's Councilwoman Emily Jabor says bans often target books dealing with LGBTQ issues unfettered access to information and the widest range of views and perspectives. Yeah, I'm not sure what she said there. But Hoboken Library Director Jenny Pooh says reading books is a basic human right, and now it's on the books in Hoboken. How about that This crazy wedding that took place in Long Island this week? This was a wild story. A Long Island man pleading not guilty to biting a police officer during a Long Island wedding brawl on Monday night. I've never been to a wedding where a fight broke out. Maybe I haven't lived long enough. Suffolk County police called in to restore order at Flowerfield Celebrations St. James, when uh, apparently a guy who wasn't invited to the wedding showed up and all these fights broke out. And the brother of the bride was the guy who was arrested because he fought with cops who were trying to arrest him.
3: He punched one of our officers in the face and bit him on the arm. That officer was treated at St. Catherine's Hospital and released with minor injuries.
2: Yeah, never a good idea to tussle with cops uh, uh because then you get obstruction of justice, that kind of uh, thing. My client has never been arrested before, has no prior contact with the criminal justice whatsoever, has never so much as gotten a speeding ticket. Yeah, but now he's in a host of trouble. And a Westchester County judge has exonerated a Vietnam vet for wrongfully being convicted in a rape so many years ago. After
3: 48 years, <laughs> I'm walking out a free man.
2: Yeah, Leonard Mack was 23 when he was charged with tying up two high school students at gunpoint, brutally raping one of them in 1975. He served actually his entire seven and a half year sentence, but was fighting to clear his name. DNA testing that was around while Mack was on trial has provided evidence to prove he was innocent of all the charges. He's now 72 years old. Uh, he walked out of a court, a free man. The judge actually hugged him on the way out. I said to myself, I serve my country. And this is how you get your thanks. Yeah, but of course he doesn't get all those years back taken away from him.
4: This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call priority gold at 888 506 6439 Receive free shipping.